Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series over the past several weeks titled Jesus the Great Storyteller. And what we've been doing is we've been, we've been studying the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, a parable is a story. It's a, it's a natural story that illustrates a spiritual truth. And we've been learning much about the kingdom of God because in many of Jesus's parables, he would start them out by saying the kingdom of, of heaven or the kingdom of God is like unto. And then he'd tell a natural story and it illustrated a spiritual truth. And on many occasions, he would to whoever wanted to stay around after he got done telling the parable, his disciples, or whoever wanted to stay, he would give the uh, give an in-depth explanation of, of the parable. But uh, anyway, so we learn a lot about the kingdom of heaven by studying Jesus's parables. And also, there's a, a scripture in the Old Testament. The Bible says that, that, that one of the prophets had made this statement, the Holy Spirit through one of the prophets of the Old Testament, that Jesus would open his mouth in parables and, and reveal things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So uh, just a good reason to study the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you've missed any of our past sessions, they're all available to you in our archives. You can go there and catch up on anything that you've missed. It's all there for you for free. And I would like to invite you to do that if, if you've missed any of the past sessions to go back and get caught up on anything you may have missed. Now, today I want to move on with this uh, with this series, and I want to look at three parables. I guess you could uh, call this today the parable of lost things because the three parables, or the parables of lost things, three parables, um, and again, a parable is a natural story that illustrates a spiritual truth. But three parables here today, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. And uh, that one is, is uh, commonly known as the parable of the prodigal son. So let's get into, into these today and take a look at them and, and see what we can learn about the kingdom of heaven and how God operates, how he sees things from these parables. So if you turn in your Bible to Luke, the 15th chapter, Luke, the 15th chapter, and I typically use the New King James Version. So these verses will be out of the New King James Version. Luke, the 15th chapter. Let's start off with the parable of the lost sheep. Uh, Luke 15, verse one, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him, drew near to Jesus to hear him. And I tell you what, Jesus was, he, he's a magnetic individual. He draw people unto him. People wanted to be around him. Uh, little children wanted to be around him. I mean, he, what, he, he's the unique person of the ages, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained. <laughs> Complained. Well, there they are. We've said much about the, the Pharisees and the scribes, the complainers. <laughs> you know, I've pastored a church for and continue to pastor, but, you know, on site, in person, almost 30 years. And, and most of the people, wonderful people, but you always have that cross section of crabbers and complainers. You know, uh, 
One, one minister calls them the joy suckers. They just suck the joy out of you. <laughs> I tell you what, every church has them. And uh, <laughs> just you don't be a joy sucker. You know what I mean? Don't, don't be the kind of person that sucks the joy out of your pastor's life. And <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But every church has them. The crabbers and the complainers and the Pharisees were just that, the scribes. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that, but maybe that'll help somebody. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Well, Jesus came to save sinners. And, uh, you know, and, and the sinners were, were drawn unto him because he had a message of, uh, he had a message of love. He also had a message of repentance. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, uh, I think a lot of pastors think that if, if you preach a message of repentance, it will scare people off. But Jesus had a message of repentance in his mouth and a, and a message of love. Any man of God or a woman of God that's a minister of the gospel would, will have a message, two messages in their mouth. Simultaneously, they work hand in glove, a message of repentance and a message of love and forgiveness. If you ever see a minister that just has one of those messages in their mouth, uh, just a, 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 a all fire brimstone repentance all the time, that, that's not how God operates. But also if you have a minister that's always giving you cupcakes and cookies and banana splits and there's no message of repentance, it's just all the, the goody goody stuff, that's not a man of God either. <sighs> you heard what I said. A man of God will have a message of repentance and a message of uh, a love. And, and they shouldn't be separated. And when God call, uses a minister to call someone to repentance, that, that's, that's a love of God, reaching out to that person. But, but I think here in the United States, you don't hear, at least on a lot of the media outreaches, a much, much of a, a preaching of, of repentance. You do in certain uh, instances, but for the most part, you don't hear that message of repentance. You know, John the Baptist came on the scene preaching repentance and, of course, the forgiveness of God. Uh, you see the prophets of the Old Testament preached repentance. They also preached on restoration and love and mercy. And, mo and, and the apostles, the same thing. And, and most importantly, our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing out of his mouth, you know, when he started his public, public ministry, is repent, you know, for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Repent. But then it was, he also had that message of, of, of love. So anyway, so you need to realize that a man of God, woman of God, a minister of the gospel, if they're sent from the, the, the presence of God, they will have a message of repentance and a message of love and forgiveness in their mouth, both. Anyway, so the sinners... We're drawn to hear him. Here comes the complaining scribes and Pharisees, crabbing because he received the sinners and he was eating with the sinners. Like I said, you'll always have those crabbers and complainers. So just ignore them, go on down to pray for them, go on down the road. So he spoke, so he spoke this parable to them, to them saying, and here we go. What man of you having a hundred sheep if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his sh shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost. 
I say to you that I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now, there's the parable. Uh, you know, I think we learn a lot about the Lord right here, a, a lot about about God, you know, uh, because he, he's concerned about everyone. But, but he's concerned about each one individually. And he's concerned about that one, uh, uh, sheep that goes astray. He absolutely is. I mean, this, this says a lot to me about the, the, the person of the Lord that he is concerned about everybody. And he's concerned about that one person that wanders off and gets off by themselves. He he has he never forgets that person. He he he, you know, he cares about that person, and he sh- he's giving, excuse me, he's giving us this parable. Excuse me, I believe to to uh, uh, to show us that aspect of himself. Notice again, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety nine in the wilderness? wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it you know the lord does not have the attitude well you know i had a hundred sheep i lost one so i still have 99 left so i don't really care about that one just forget about that one and we'll go on hey i've got 99 left let's just forget about that one no the lord doesn't forget about anybody he just doesn't he cares about each and every one of us equally. And, you know, if you're out there and you've gone off astray and you've gotten away from the Lord, maybe you were with the Lord at one point and walked closely with Him, but you've strayed off, He cares about you. He really, really does. So much so that He would leave the 99 people that are just doing fine and wonderful and, and all of that, He would leave them to come look for you and to come after you. And that is really, really, really something that we need to understand about the Lord. You know, I think back to when I was, I guess in my, uh, uh, in my early 20s, I had uh, attended a couple of churches in the area, actually two of them. I'd attended a couple of them, two, 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 I say a couple, two of them. And, uh, and, and in the process of time, I just, I got busy with some stuff and finishing up my math degree at, at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. And, and I wasn't going to church at, I had stopped, I had stopped going to those two churches, not because I, you know, didn't love the Lord or anything, but I had gotten so busy with finishing my math degree because, you know, <laughs> you take an advanced calculus and abstract algebra and engineering-based physics and non-Euclidean geometry, and you take in four of those classes all in one semester, <laughs> you don't have much time left to breathe. You know, you don't have much time left for anything else. And, uh, and that non-Euclidean geometry, that one put me in tears one time. <laughs> I remember I came into my mother and I said, Mom, I, I just, I can't do, I was in tears. I can't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't do this because, you know, in plane geometry, you could have a point in a line and through that point that's not on the line, there's one and only one other line, unique line that goes through that point. 
that goes through that point that's not on that line, that's parallel to the existing line, that's easy, but when you get into non-Euclidean geometry, there's an infinite number of other lines that go through that point that's parallel to the given line, and that'll put you in tears. And if, if you don't understand what I just said, don't be, you're better off. But I remember I went in and said, Mom, I can't do it. I, I quit. I was in tears. And she said, no, get back in there and study and, and make, you know, make a good grade in that class. And she was a great mom. And uh, actually, on March the 24th, uh, just right, uh, let's see, this is Sunday the 25th, I believe it is. So yesterday would have been her 99th birthday. Wow, she's been in heaven now since 2014. She loved the Lord and believed on him and trusted in him. But anyway, thank God for her, I, or I never would have become a math teacher. Or a lot of, <laughs> I wouldn't have made it too far without her. She said, get back in there and study that. And so uh, so I did and got through the course and uh Oh, I tell you, that one and uh, abstract algebra, those were, those were some tough ones. Anyway, for me anyway. But, uh, but anyway, I, I'd stopped going to church because I was so busy doing that. And I remember uh, of those two churches I went to, the one church, the, the, pa- the, the pastor, the, the head guy there, he, he never came looking for me. But the other church had a pastor there. I'll never forget, he came over to my house. And he, uh, he came looking for me. And, and I thank God that he did because I, I may not have gotten back serving the Lord or back to where I needed to be with the Lord. I mean, I didn't walk away from God. I loved him and all of that. I just got away from the house of God. I may not have ever gone in the ministry if that, if that, if that man hadn't come looking for me. So we see it here in this parable of the lost sheep. Where if, if the Lord has a hundred people serving him and one of them goes astray, you know, he's not going to let, he's just, he's not going to forget about that one. He's going to leave the 99 and go after the one that went astray and bring that, bring that lost sheep back. So we learn a lot about the Lord here and I'm so glad that he's that way. Again, he doesn't have the attitude. I, I keep reiterating this. He does not have the attitude. Oh, well, I got 99 left. Who cares about that one? No. He cares about everybody equally. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. So he cares about you as much as he cares about me, as much as he cares about anybody else. And so don't ever forget that about the Lord, okay? Don't ever forget that about the Lord. Now, if you live in, as we live in this world, you know, and there's celebrities and there's, uh, you know, famous people and people that have lots of money and this, that, and the other. And you'd be led to believe that certain people are more important than other people. But with the Lord, he loves everybody equally. So don't ever forget that about the Lord. And he'll leave the 99 and he'll go after the one that's lost. That's just the kind of person he is. And I'm glad he's that way. And then this next parable illustrates the, the same thing. If you, if you look here at Luke 15, verse 8, the parable of the lost coin, he says, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. So there it is again. You know, she had a bunch of other coins, but she lost one. 
And so she, she didn't just say, oh, well, you know, that, that coin's not important. I got all these others. No, she, she, lit, she lit up the house and she looked diligently till she found it, okay? And so the Lord is the same way. And it's, it just, it's basically another way of, of, of saying, I mean, two parables. It's just another parable, another way of saying here with coins what he had said concerning sheep, which we just looked at. Um, and, and, and so that's just the way the Lord is. He'll, he'll leave the 99, go after the one, or he'll, if he loses a, a coin, you know, he, he'll light up the house and, and look for it. You know, so, so that's just the way that he is. And I'm glad he's that way. But notice something else I want to draw attention to here. If, if you look, uh, at the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin, when the, sh- the lost sheep is found, when the lost coin is found, there's much cause for rejoicing, much cause for rejoicing. And, and, and notice what Jesus likens that unto. Look at, look back here at Luke 15, verse seven. He said, uh, he said, I say to you that likewise, after the sheep was found, you know, the, the guy that found the sheep is rejoicing and, and with his friends and neighbors and so forth. And it says, rejoice with me for I found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that like, likewise, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. So when that lost sheep gets back on track, there's great rejoicing. And, and what do we, what do we learn about heaven? That when a sinner repents, when a person, you know, turns from a life of sin and receives Jesus as their savior, there's much cause for rejoicing in heaven. There's great rejoicing in heaven. And, and likewise, when, when, when a backslidden Christian, uh, someone who's walked with the Lord and, and they fall away, they get away from God, when they repent and get back right with the Lord, there's much rejoicing, great rejoicing in heaven. And we see that also with the parable of the lost coin. As when this lady found that coin, she called her friends, neighbors and said, rejoice with me. I found the peace which I lost. Likewise, verse 10 here, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So see, that's what, what when somebody repents of their sins, and I don't care if it's somebody that is never walked with the Lord and they get saved. You know, they come to Christ. There's rejoicing in heaven. Absolutely. And when a, a, backslid, a backslider, uh, someone who's gotten away from the Lord, when they walk with God at one time, they get back with him, they repent, get right with him. There's rejoicing in heaven. And so the Lord rejoices. Heaven rejoices when a sinner repents or when a backslider gets back right with God. Praise God. I tell you what, we see and learn so much about the, excuse me, don't ever eat lunch and then preach a message, okay? (laughs) So I I have to learn not to do that. Used I'll tell a little story on myself. I used to, we'd, you know, we'd counsel people after the service, my wife and I, we'd sit there and uh, I'd have my Diet Coke, my can of Diet Coke on my desk. (laughs) <laughs> and we'd be, we'd be sitting there talking to people and I'd take a drink of Diet Coke and then, <laughs> you know, belch after, after that, 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 you know, that, that soda, that whatever, whatever's in there that causes you to, to, to belch. And so I'd be drinking that soda and talking to people <laughs> and belch. 
<laughs> so my wife, she said, don't drink Diet Coke while we're counseling people. How, how obnoxious and rude is that? So I quit drinking Diet Coke when I'm counseling and I drink water, you know, so I didn't belch, but, uh, that, uh, that Diet Coke would make you belt. So, but I, I just ate before I came, came here to preach this. So forgive me. So anyway, if I belted here or there, but, uh, anyway, so there's much rejoicing in the presence of God over sinners who repent. And, uh, I'm so glad that the Lord is the way he is and he does it. I'll say it again. When somebody gets, gets, and here, here's the thing too. When somebody gets off track, I mean, he'll go after it. He'll, he'll come, he'll go after and, 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 and seek out the one that, that has gone astray. Just like this guy was seeking the, the lost sheep and this lady was seeking the lost coin, like that pastor I told you about came seeking me out. You know, uh, the Lord, I mean, that's how the Lord operates. It, it, and, and somebody goes off, gets off track. I mean, he loves people. The Lord loves people. He does. You see, a lot of people, they'll get off away from the Lord and they'll think the Lord's uh, mad at him. Well, no, he's not mad. He wants you to, he wants you to come back and get right with him and, and he'll come looking for you. He'll seek you out and, and look for you and, and, you know, yeah, he knows where you're at, but you know what I'm, he knows everything. You know what I'm talking about. He'll seek you out. He'll come after you and, and try to get you, get you back where you're supposed to be. He's a good God. I'm so glad that he's that way. He just, he, 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 he'd go after that one lost sheep. He'll go after that one lost coin. That's who he is. And I'm so glad that he is. And when there's repentance, then there's great rejoicing in heaven. Now, with that being said, look here at, uh, at Luke uh, 15. Just continue on here. Verse 11. Now we're going to look at the parable of the lost son, also known as the parable of the prodigal son. One of, I mean, all of Jesus's parables are great. Everything he did was great. The Bible says he does all things well. But this is one of the most popular parables, probably, that uh, that that he gave. And so let's let's go through here in the remaining time that I have and and see see what comes out here as we talk about this. Luke fifteen verse eleven. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. (laughs) I mean, he uh, went out and lived it up. And he he was, it's, it's, Clear as you study into this, he was uh, uh, frequenting harlots or prostitutes and and just into a life of debauchery and sin. No telling all, all the sinful things he got into. But when he had spent all, when his money ran out, because I mean, he said he went to his dad, said, Dad, let, I want my portion. I'm hitting the road. And his dad gave him his portion. He hit the road. He went out and he lived it up. And the lifestyle of sin, I tell you what, you, you go off into a lifestyle of sin, you'll end, you'll, you'll wind up spending it all. Absolutely. It'll, all, it'll come a time where, where it's all shot. I mean, you've spent it all and you're, and you're out, you're out of money. You just, just, you'll be so-called down on your luck. You'll all be gone. Absolutely. I think about Jonah when he, disobeyed the Lord and he went off 
the opposite way of God told him to go to Nineveh and he went to Tarshish the other way. And uh, if you study the story of Jonah and read it sometime, he, he kept going down, down, down. When you get away from doing what God wants you to do, you go down, down, down. You know, he went down into the ship and then he went down, eventually he went down to the bottom of the ocean, you know, until he repented and then God, you know, God forgave him and so forth. But so this guy went off to, this young man went off to live it up, live, live, live it up. And uh, uh, he, went out, he went out to live high on the hog. <laughs> you see, he wound, up, he wound up in the hog pen. That's where you wind up when you go off, do your own thing and, we're going to go live it up. So he went off into a lifestyle of prodigal living, debauchery, and he spent it all. When he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent to him, and, and, and that citizen, that guy there that he went to, sent him into his fields to feed the swine, feed the pigs. Now you think about this. This young man, he had a place with his father and his father was very well-to-do. Remember, this is a story, a natural story that Jesus is sharing that illustrates to us a spiritual truth, how the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God operates, how God operates. And so this young man said, give me what's mine and I'm hitting the road and off he goes and he he spends all that he has and now he winds up working for somebody else because the famine hits he's working for somebody else and he winds up feeding pigs you think about that and uh he's in he's in the fields feeding the swine verse 16 and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate Think about that. He, the, the pigs. Now here's a, a man, as I just said, who his father was well-to-do. He had a position, a, a good position with his dad. And now he, he, he liked to eat pig food. That's what, that's what a lifestyle of sin will do to you. Ultimately, you wind up eating, eating the pig food. And, and no one gave him anything. You think about that. But I tell you what, I'm so glad for verse 17 says, but when he came to himself, we could say it another way, when he came to his senses, thank God he came to his senses. Thank God that if you get off or I get off, you know, we can come to our senses. And, and he came to himself, he came to his senses and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and despair, and, I, and I'm, I'm out here perishing with hunger. In other words, the people working for my daddy, <laughs> they, they got plenty of food. They got food left over, and I'm out here. I'm my daddy's son, and I'm out here perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Now, notice here, this, is a, this, this young man has taken up a position of true repentance true repentance and 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 he's going to go to the father and confess his sins he 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 says i'll arise and go to my father that's what you and i need to do when we miss it we don't need to run away from the lord when we sin we need to arise or if we sin when we sin we don't need to run away from the lord we need to run to the lord and he he, he said i'll arise and go to my father and i'll say to him father 
I have sinned against heaven and before you. And notice something else here. He wasn't going to lay it off on some, uh, the fault of him leaving on somebody else. He wasn't going to go back and say, Father, if you'd have done this or you'd have done that or you'd have done the other, I wouldn't have left in the first place. No, he was going to take the whole blame on himself and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. Wow. Wow, man. And then he was, he, he was going to say in verse 19, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Think about that. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Glory to God. Now, before I read on, I want to say this to you. I feel impressed to say this to you. I've thought about this over the years concerning this young man and other Bible figures. What if, I'm going to what if with you here for a moment. What if he would have died when he was away from his father in a backslidden condition? What if he would have died in that pig pig pen before he repented? Think about that sometime. What if, just what ifing with you. What if he would have died? What if he would have died in the pig pen? What if he would have died before he repented in that backslidden condition? You know, I, th- I think about that. I think about that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think about the man in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, who was living with his stepmother, living in sin with his stepmother. And Paul said, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh and told the pastor of that church and the leadership to put the person out. And they did. Eventually they did. And you read in 2 Corinthians where that man repented and he got back in, he, he got back to the Lord. But I wondered, often wondered, what would have happened to him if he would have died before he repented. Now, thank God this young man here that we're reading about repented before he died. Thank God that guy in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, repented before he died. And uh, I think I think about Samson in the Old Testament. I think about Samson. I mean, you, you look at Samson. I mean, he, he a called of God, a judge of Israel and all of that. But I mean, he... He had, he had sin and he got off into sin. He lived in sin and he lived, I mean, he lived, he lived a life a long time where he was serving God on, he, he was like serving God with his right hand and serving the devil with his left. I mean, he was so worldly and he had problems with prostitutes and, and riotous living Samson. And of course he, time came, he he spent all that he had too. I mean, he he wound up with his eyes gouged out and uh, grinding at the mill in the devil's prison, if you will, in the Philistines' prison. But thank God at the end of that story, it says that his hair began to grow again after it had been shaven and his strength. The Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord left him and he didn't even know it. I mean, that's how worldly he became. We're talking about Samson, a man who walked with the Lord, called of God, and, and he got so worldly that that uh, uh, the spirit, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord left him, and he did, he didn't even realize it. And uh, but he, but but at the end of that story, he he repented, 
and his hair began to grow again after he had been shaven and the spirit of God came back on him and his superhuman strength returned. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it had cost him a lot getting out of the will of God and all that. We could talk for hours about it, but but the point is he repented before he pulled those columns down and, and was killed, you know, when he killed the Philistines as well there that were gathered under that, that great canopy. But what if he'd have died before he'd have repented? And then another one I think about is Solomon, King Solomon. Other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the wisest man that's ever lived and the richest man that's ever lived, you know, we're talking about the son of King David and he built that temple and the power of God was in that temple and the presence of the Lord and he wrote the, God used him to write the, the Proverbs and all of that. But yet, if you look at him in later years of his life, there was a, a good spell in there where he was bowing his knee to, to, to false gods. Remember the Bible says that all the wives that he had led him astray and he followed after their hearts and he wound up with his knee bowed to, to, false, to false gods. And what if Solomon would have died? Now, before he repented, you could read and you can see in the book of Ecclesiastes, right at the end there, you could see that he had repented and uh, got back right with God before he died. Absolutely, I'm convinced of that. But what if he had died ahead of time, before he repented, when he was bound to need of the false gods? You know, there's there, you know, some Bible scholars teach that, you know, once you get saved, you're always saved, and you can never lose that salvation. That's one school of thought. I think that's the Calvinist position. And then there's an Armenian, the Armenist, they're another school of thought on this. And they, they, they teach where, you know, you can lose, lose, lose your salvation just for, you know, if, if, if a, if a wrong thought runs through your head, you know, that, you know, and, and, and I'm convinced after studying this subject for, for decades now that, that neither one of those positions, there, 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 there's, 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 there's some truth in each position. There's probably far more truth and biblical backup in the Calvinistic view than the Armenian view, but neither one of them are, the Calvinist view, I, I don't think is completely correct because there's some scriptures to violate some of their positions. Uh, but as studying this, you know, what if these people would have died that we're talking about here before they repented, you know, because some teach that once you're saved, you're always saved. You know, and, and, and some teach that you can lose your salvation just about any time. The, you know, if, if you just do any of the littlest things wrong, thing wrong, you know, you lose your salvation. And, and neither one of those I think are correct. I, I believe in the eternal security of the believer. As long as someone is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and they're serving him, they're not perfect make mistakes, but, you know, if we make a mistake, we repent of our sins, confess our sin, the Lord forgives us, and we go on down the road, you know, uh, and continue believing in Him. I believe in the eternal security of the believer. And when I say believer, I don't mean just someone that mentally assents to the Lord, but I mean somebody that believes on the Lord Jesus with all their heart, and they're doing their best to follow Him, and they blunder and make mistakes, and and, and he, he might even sin on purpose once in a while, but they, you know, they, you know, we're all human, but, 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 
but but the heart is when that when that sin is committed the heart the heart is heavy and and convicted and there's repentance and confession of sins and if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins cleanse us from all unrighteousness and so i believe in the eternal security of of that kind of a person but you know we're talking about people who got into backslidden conditions here this prodigal son the man in first corinthians the fifth chapter samson solomon people that 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 that, i'm talking about people that walk with god this young man walked with his father in this story here that we're reading about the prodigal son and then he said he said give me what's mine and i'm out of here and he he left his father he backslid if you would if you will talking about backsliding i'm going to teach a whole message on this deal with this subject somewhere down the road but i'm just kind of highlighting it here for you today but because uh, much could be said about it but we're talking about a backslid, backslidden condition this young man here the man in first corinthians the fifth chapter we're talking about Samson, Solomon. What if they had died in that backslidden condition? Now, some teach that, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved, and you live however you want, and, 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 and you're going to go to heaven. Uh, I, there, there's, there's too many scriptures in the Bible that, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of scriptures that, that you could use to argue that point, but there's too many of them that that, that is... is that, that, that would violate that kind of teaching. You know, I, I felt the Spirit of God say to me one day, and I can miss it, but I was, I've been meditating this for some 40 years now. And I felt the Spirit of God speak to my heart one time on this, and, and I felt this is what He said to me along these lines about dying in a backslidden p- condition. I, I felt he, he spoke this to my heart and said, there is a dangerous place to die. There's a dangerous place to die. Talking about people that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, walked with him, but then fell away, got away, got off into sin, backslid. And and, and I felt the Spirit of God say to me, uh, there is a dangerous place to die. There's a dangerous place to die. There's a dangerous place to die. Obviously, a, 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 a person that's never walk with the Lord ever. I mean, we know where they're going. The Bible's clear to hell. They don't have to. They can repent and come to Christ and miss hell, make heaven. But I'm talking about people who walk with the Lord. I sense by the Spirit of God, there's some people that are going to be watching this at some point that fall into this category. You walk with the Lord. You serve the Lord. Even some ministers that you walk with the Lord, you serve the Lord, but you got away from, from the Lord. And now you're off like this prodigal son in, in living in, in sin and in things you, you know you shouldn't be doing. And uh, I hope this arrests your attention because some people think that, well, you know, I received Jesus and, you know, back years ago and, I, and I'm okay. But there's too many verses in the Bible that, that, that say, hey, you may not be. There's a dangerous place to die. Now, I'm not an authority on the subject and I can't go in and, you know, pinpoint exact exact scriptures that that's going to put a backslider, you know, say that this person, you know, is going to they've done this this and this and go to hell. I mean, I think it comes down to each person's heart, but I'm just trying to arrest some people's attention that you walk with the Lord, you got away, you're often living in sin and 
and, and, and debauchery and things you know you shouldn't be doing, but you're doing it anyway, and you're just going right on down the road, and you think that you're safe and going to go to heaven in that backslidden condition. And I'm saying there's scriptures in the Bible that say you're in trouble. And uh, while there are some scriptures that we could argue that, you know, once saved, always saved, but there's some things, there's some scriptures in the Bible and some things the Bible has to say about that that says you're in trouble. And the Spirit of God said to me one day, I believe it right in my heart, said there's a dangerous place to die for people who'd walk with God and then got away from him. Like the prodigal son, and uh, the man in 1 Corinthians 5th chapter, uh, Samson, Solomon, if they had died before they repented, now thank God all these guys repented before they died. Thank God. Uh, I mean, thank God we can repent. Even that woman known as Jezebel in the book of Revelation, it's either chapter 2 or chapter 3, who they, she'd get in the pulpit and she was preaching false doctrine and she was seducing uh, uh the, the the men of that of that church to to commit sexual sin and all of that and, and Jesus even said he said I'll give her time to repent and he, he said if she doesn't repent she's going to get cast into a sick bed but he said and I'm going to do all these things in judgment to her and her followers but they said unless they repent see the Lord's looking for us to repent He's a good God. He's a gracious God. And thank God we can come to our senses. We can repent. Thank God for it. Even that lady teaching that false doctrine that I just mentioned, she could repent. The Lord said she could. But I'm telling you, there's a dangerous place to die. If you knew the Lord at one point, you've gotten away from him. Don't be lulled to sleep thinking you're okay. Because there's too many verses in the Bible that say you're not. There's a dangerous place to die. Now let's move on with this. And, and, and I think that as I read on, I think, I think more light will be shed on what I've just said. So this young man's in the pig pen. He spent all that he had. It's all gone. Nobody's given him anything. He comes to himself. He says, I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to confess my sin. And he goes to his father and verse 20, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, I mean, this is just, this is just fantastic. We learned something about the Lord. See, when this young man was still a great way off, his father was looking for him. See, his father was looking for him. See, the Lord is a, he may be very displeased with what you're doing, but, but, but he's, He's looking for you. He loves you. He has compassion on you. And he's looking for you to come back home. Absolutely. He's looking for you to come back. I mean, you may be a great way off from the Lord right now. Maybe you were real close to him at one point, like this young man was to his father. And then he got away, wound up in the pig pen. Maybe you're in the pig pen right now, a long way off from the Lord. But I got good news for you. The Lord, while you're a great way off from him, he's looking for you. He's looking for you, waiting for you to come back home. Absolutely. And when this young man was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, now this shows us so much about the almighty God. He said, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Glory to God. 
That's just the kind of God God is. Glory to God. He didn't beat him over the head. He didn't remind him of all of his sin. And all, he didn't bring condemnation on him. He said, kill the, what did he say? He said, he said, he said, bring out the best, put, let's put the best robe on him. This guy just came out of the pig pen. He probably had pig slop all over him. And, and the father says, bring out the best robe. Thank God for the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and that great robe of righteousness that he puts on us when we repent and believe on him. He said, bring out that robe and put the best robe on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring, there it is, bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Glory to God. See, that's what the Lord's going to do when you you repent and get right with him. He's not going to beat you over the head and remind you of all the dumb things you did. You know, no, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to say, put the robe on him, put the ring on his finger and the shoes on his feet, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. He's come back home. She's come back home. Glory to God. That's the kind of God God is. Glory to God. (laughs) And, And so, and then now notice verse 24. Now fix your eyes on that. For this, my son, you know what I talked about? What if he had died before he repented? Watch this. For this, my son was dead. Now you think about that, was dead. There's a dangerous place to die. He, he, he was dead and is alive again. He was lost. Now look at that. He was lost and is found. Now, I know we don't establish Bible doctrine based on a parable, but I tell you what, this backs up a lot of good Bible verses that there's a dangerous place to die. And if this young boy had died out in the pig pen when he was away from his father's house and in a backslidden condition, the father himself said that he was dead and that he was lost. There's a dangerous place to die. Be sure you don't ever die in that dangerous place. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I just feel impressed. There's going to be some people listening to this that you need to hear it. Absolutely. And uh, there's a dangerous place to die. And if this young man had died in the pig pen away from daddy's house in a backslidden condition, the daddy considered him dead and lost. But thank God he didn't die. Thank God. Thank God he didn't die there. He repented. He came to his senses and he came to his father. And he repented with that. See that true repentance. True repentance. You can see it. He, he accepted the blame. All 100% of it. Didn't try to lay it off on anybody else. And he came and he confessed his sin. Remember 1 John 1, 9. I said it a while ago. I'll say it again. Whoever, if we confess our sins, God's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. Yeah, pastor, but you don't know what I did. It said all unrighteousness. I don't care what you did, whatever you did, it's, it's covered under all. Amen. First John one nine, go read it, memorize it. All right. All right. If we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and so he was dead He was lost, but he didn't die when he was in that lost condition. He got right. And you be sure you get right too. All right. You you got time. Get right. Get right. Get right before it's too late. Amen. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. Now let's talk about big brother here. Because in many ways, big brother had, had... just as many problems as, as the little brother that ran off, just different kind of problems. 
Now his older son was in the field. You see this, this prodigal gets talked about all the time and very little gets said about his older brother who had, he had his own set of problems. And severe ones too. I mean, if you think about it, let's look at it. His older son was in the field and as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. See, God, I tell you what, God will throw a party. You hadn't been to a party till you've been to a party that God's thrown. I'll tell you for sure. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And, and the servant said to him, your brother has come. And because he has, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. <laughs> See, he has his own set of problems. I mean, he should have rejoiced that his brother has repented and come back home. But he's not rejoicing. He's angry. He's angry. See, he's got his own set of problems. The angry son. He was angry and would not go in. You know, you know there's, there's, he was angry, no doubt, with his brother. And you can see he's angry with his father. And you know, you can get angry with your brothers and sisters in Christ and you can get angry with, with the Lord. You shouldn't, but a lot of people do. And it keeps them from entering into all that God has for them. I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people in that boat. And I, frankly, I've rode in that boat a little bit myself over the years. I shouldn't make laugh about it, but, but I know this. Thank God we can repent of that anger too. And I've done that too. But when you're in that angry condition, it'll cause you, it'll keep you from entering in all that God has for you. It just will. I mean, not, not talking heaven hell issue here, but it'll keep you, it'll keep you out. They were having a party inside. And I tell you what, when you're angry and upset with the Lord and upset with your brothers and sisters in Christ, it'll keep you from entering into the party God wants you to get in on. Absolutely. So he was angry, would not go in. Therefore, his father came out. See, oh, God's so good, isn't he? See, this father here is a type of the heavenly father. Absolutely. So his father came out and pleaded with him. This is a good man. This is a good man. He's a type of the heavenly father. And notice when his other son was a long way off, in the, you know, coming from the pig pen, he was looking for him. But this same man, when he found out that his other son was angry and wouldn't come in, he went out after him. He didn't take the position, well, I'm the daddy, I'm the father. You know, if he, he doesn't want to come in, that's his deal. If he wants to come in, he can. If he doesn't, that's his deal. I'm not going out there. No, his father came out to him. Boy, that just jumped out at me. I've been reading this for de decades and I just, just jumped out at me. Oh, wow. The word of God's infinite. You can see, you read it a million times and get something new out of it each time. I never, that never has jumped out at me like that before. Therefore, his father came out to him. He was angry outside, wouldn't come in, angry at the daddy, at his daddy, angry at, at, at this, his father, angry at, at his father, angry at his brother, angry about the whole situation. And his father came out and pleaded with him. His father came out. Oh, that's good. God's so good, isn't he? Isn't God good? Oh, he's good. His father came out and pleaded with him. His father didn't take the attitude. Well, you know, well, he's got an attitude problem. Just let him sit out there and stew. No, 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 no. He came out. Wow, that's good, isn't it? His father came out and pleaded with him. <sighs> 
So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, see, he still hasn't corrected his attitude, has he? As soon as this son of yours, notice he wouldn't say my brother. He said this son of yours who has devoured your livelihood with harlots. You know, as soon as he comes back, you've killed a fatted calf for him. He said, I never messed up. You never did all this stuff for me. But you know what? I'm convinced there's no question about it. If that son would have messed up like his younger brother, the father would have done the same thing for him that he did for his, his, uh, you know, the, the one that went out and wound up in the pig pen. But he said, you know, I never did all those bad things, but, you know, as soon as this son of yours who's devoured your livelihood comes back, you kill the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. Wow. But I tell you what, that's a statement in and of itself. Son, all you're always with me and all that I have is yours. I mean, this is a good man. This is a good man, a type of the heavenly father. He said, but it was right that we should make merry and be glad. So he did the right thing. And God always does the right thing. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead. Here it is again. Your brother was dead and is alive again. See, dead, he was dead. Now, he wasn't dead physically. We know that he wasn't dead physically. But when he was out away from his father, we could argue he was spiritually dead. He was spiritually cut off. Yes, he was away from him physically, but he said he was dead. Now, that doesn't mean uh, physical death. He was spiritually dead. He had gotten away from from the father and from his house. And he said he was dead. But he's alive again. Why? Because he repented and came back. And he was lost. See, he was lost. He was lost, but is now found. He repented and he came back. And thank God he did not die in that dangerous place. Now, I don't know, you know, if that young man, if he ever went in there or not, into that party. And, but, uh, but I do know there's a dangerous place to die. And this young man was in it, but he didn't stay in it. He repented and he came back home and the father received him back. And, and, and the guy in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, he came back to the Lord. And uh, Solomon came back to the Lord. Samson came back to the Lord. They didn't die. They got in that dangerous place, but they didn't die there. And, uh, you know, one thing the devil will do when you're in that dangerous place is he'll run thoughts through your head is I've got, I've got yet time. I've, I've got yet got time. I've yet got time. I've yet got time to repent. Uh, don't, don't believe that lie. You don't know how much time you've got. You don't know. So, so if you're in that dangerous place to die, don't stay there 
learn a lesson from this parable and from what Jesus said here and, and get out of that dangerous place. Repent right where you're at. Have a change of heart. Come to your senses and go, go, go to the Father. Go to the Heavenly Father and repent before Him and confess your sins. And He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll throw a party. He'll rejoice. There'll be great rejoicing in heaven. And, and then you just go right on down the road serving Him. Well, I trust you got something out of this today and that the parable of these lost things, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son was a blessing to you. And if you're out there today and you've never, ever received Jesus, ever, I was primarily talking to people today that had received the Lord, walked with Him, but then got away from Him in a backslidden condition. But maybe you've never accepted Jesus at all today, I've already talked to these other people, but now I want to talk to you. If you've never accepted Jesus ever as your Savior, you need to do that right now. The Bible says there's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. Now, it doesn't say it in those exact words, but, but it's the truth. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. The only way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and call on his name. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So call on his name right now with a repentant heart and, and you'll get born again. The Lord will change you. You'll become a new person in, in Christ, in Him, and, and, and your name will get written in the Lamb's book of life. You'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven. Just call on His name right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Just that quick, if you do that with a repentant heart. I tell you what, He'll come in there faster than I, than I can snap my fingers or blink my eyes. And you, you'll be saved that, that fast. That fast, I mean that fast, your eternal destiny has changed from that of hell to heaven by a, with a repentant heart saying, Jesus, I receive you just that quick. Yeah, but don't I need to be water baptized to, to finish the deal? No, that's not what the Bible teaches. You, re, you receive Jesus that quick, you're saved. Now, Jesus said after you get saved, yeah, you ought to go out and be water baptized. You ought to also get baptized with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. You ought to also find a good church and, and be a part of that. But as far as the heaven hell issue goes, when you repent of your sins and say, Jesus, come into my heart, or something to that effect, I tell you what, that fast, your eternal destiny has changed. You need to do that now before it's too late. All right, well, I trust this has been a blessing to you. And God bless you, and I will see you next week right here, and we'll go on with this uh, series, and we'll pick up with another parable. Okay, God bless you, and it's been an honor for me to share the Word of God with you today. All right, bye-bye.